Hello, and welcome to Educational Triage, where we discuss issues in alternative education. This is a discussion about teaching by teachers, for teachers, and others who are interested in the alternative education world. We hope you find today's episode relevant, engaging, and useful. And if you do, please subscribe. I'm Tony Hunt, and I'm here to help guide you with the help of my friends, Christy and Philip. And welcome back to another rousing episode of Educational Triage. This is Tony Hunt. I am here with my two other guides, with the fascinating Christy Goodell. Yay! That's me. And and the interrogating Philip Summers. Aloha. Oh, I think. That's a good adjective as well. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so today we are tackling college. And for some reason or other, we teach everybody that they need to go to college. If you ask seventh graders what what they're planning on doing when they graduate from high school, the vast majority of them will tell you that they're going to go to college. Um, And that just seems to be sort of the mythos that goes around what happens after high school, I guess. And... um, is that is are we doing right by our students to teach them this or is there what are we doing what are we doing (laughs) no we're not doing well by the students (laughs) by just teaching them that that is for sure yeah that is definitely so the answer but uh, there are reasons why well (laughs) well you know i have a i have a really good friend and and years ago when his son was um, a freshman in high school, he didn't seem to be all that intrigued by scholastics and academics. And I said, well, what are you going to do if he doesn't want to go to college? And he said, no, he will go to college. He needs to go to college. And this friend of mine, he was the first one in his family to ever go to college. And for him, it was a struggle. He, he worked full time for several years before, and then he was able to, um, and then he was able to afford to go and he worked and he figured things out and he's, he's scrappy and he's got a lot of grit. So he was able to make it through. Um, and he did, he's done extremely well for himself, but then later on he realized that that wasn't the path for his son. So, um, and he's very proud of his son and his son's doing well in the field that he has chosen that did not require any extra schooling. So, but parents seem to think and students seem to think that they need to go to college. Why? What, what, Christy, why would, why does your son want to go to college? Um, I think there is a perception that in order to be successful, that equates to a college degree. And by successful means, you know, employment with job security and um, not just like money and enough to pay the bills, but it's, you know, comfortably, living comfortably. And I think also if you are depends on what your parents did, right? Like kind of what is the mantra or the environment that you were raised in? And I happen to be a college graduate, and so is my husband. So my children were raised with a with two parents that also have college degrees. Um, so I'm sure that 
sways it a bunch, but I think it's becoming not fast enough in my opinion, but I think that more people are recognizing that college does not have to be the singular only choice. And a big part of it is financial, right? It, it costs so much money to go to college and oh, yeah. you will tend to statistically, you tend to be in pretty significant debt when you graduate from college. It takes longer to get, it's not a, a guaranteed four year degree anymore. It takes a long time. Um, and the, the cost of it, especially, I think more and more families are realizing that I can get the same, my child that graduates high school can get the same requirements met at a community college than what you know my son is going to college right now and what we're paying for his writing 121 class and his you know entry level business course another person could probably take the same class at our local community college and they're paying a lot less so i and you wouldn't have to be paying the room and board as well, well right i'm walking talking right. proof on that it's it's amazing how many people don't know that that's how i did it two years community college then i got my university then i did my master's it was much cheaper much easier yeah so yeah, that's a well-kept secret community college, still. Yeah. Community well, community college, college you do, you're able to build those relationships and you're able to have more of a one-on-one -on -one <laughs> because there's, it's more transitory between high school and university. Oh, well, and I had, I, had a, I had a professor who used to say that he loved the junior college students because they tended to be older. And they had mm -hmm. been out there and they had every crappy job there was. They worked all the bad shifts and they really wanted the better jobs. So they were better students. And so he liked their motivation. He said that he loved the older students. Mm -hmm. Mostly, you know, we were late 20s. I started when I was 28, junior college. I turned 29, like within a month, but I started at 28, going to college. So that's another thing too. Um, they don't tell you is if you don't want if you don't know what you want to do don't go to college it's a colossal waste of money and a lot of kids I, I see they go to college and they end up not going to college by the end of the semester it's very right. strange that happens a lot too well let me give you some statistics here too i was gonna say i have some stats i have some stats as well but you go <laughs> okay 40 yeah. percent of 40 percent of college dropouts have a 3.0 or better mm-hmm uh. 39% of dropouts say it wasn't worth the money. Nowadays, Financial yeah. reasons make up 38% of why people drop out. And 30% of freshmen drop out in their first year. And non-whites tend to be much, much higher than that. Those are big numbers. They are. 28% of dropouts do so because they don't feel as though they're prepared academically. Mm-hmm. And 23% drop out their fourth year. That surprises me. Yeah. I think that- I knew about uh, that. So Going right out of high school into college, a lot of kids just ran to this, wait a minute, I don't want to be here kind of thing. And then they dropped out. And then they went back later, which was, I hoped a lot of them did, you know, because then they knew what they wanted to do. I just never even attempted right. it until I was 28, which was to my benefit, certainly, because when I did, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and I just beelined right to it. And with, with all the great intention that I had, it turned out to be a great thing to do. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. However, yeah, I think, it wasn't I think the great the return. That's the other thing too. The return was hold on, great Philip. Hold on, Philip. Let, let, 
Let, let's let Christy have her say. What I was going to say is that I think the perception that um, college education is important or like the number one choice, some of the stats that I was looking at um, was that it's shifting. So in 2013, 70% polled on this in this Gallup poll um, believed that a college education was important compared to 51%. At the time, so in 2013, 70% believed it, and then 2019, only 51% of the adults believed that college education was important. And then the other one was like, of in 2018 on the, the U.S. Census, they were saying that um, only 35% of the U.S. population age 25 and older actually have a college degree. So where is the perception? Mm -hmm. If only a third of the population has the degree, then why is there this? this belief that college exactly. is the only option as opposed to just one of the options. Right. I just thought that yeah. was an interesting. Well, one of the things yeah. I saw was, yeah, that there's no vocational programs or, or let's say that there are very much, there's much fewer programs than there used to be. And so it might be that counseling just recommends a lot less vocational training when you get out of high school because they don't have anything to offer so much as high school training. They used to have that pipeline. And I remember they used to talk about electricians and plumbers a lot more. Now it's sort of a buzz about go to college, go to college. What's your college plan? What's your career plan? But the fact of the matter is they say, yeah, I used to tell students you, you change your career five times in your lifetime. Now it turns out it's like 12 plus. So there goes, it's got to be, some of them have got to be vocation. You're not going to be 12 different professions that are college educated professions. Right. That each require their own degree. Right. Yeah. That's, right. that's expensive. Right. But now community colleges, I believe are more prepared because they have all sorts of vocational programs that are going on. They have the culinary, they have the plumbing, they have the electrician, they have uh, they have a slew of programs that students can sign up on. And some of them, that's kind of their specialty. So there is one community college on the other side of the river from where I am. And they have their, let's call them labs or their specialty classrooms just down the street from where I teach. Mm -hmm. So um, they're in a completely different county, but the classrooms are in this county. So it's it's really interesting. And I, you know, I talked to a, I don't want to call him a kid, but <laughs> a young man who, who was working as a plumber in my house one day um, a few years ago. And I said, okay, tell me, what did you do to become a plumber? And he went to that community college and he went through the program. And he did what they had him do. And now he's making a decent living. He and his wife have bought a house there. I mean, it's pretty good. My The plumber that I have working with me right now, he lives down the street from me in a very nice house. And uh, I hate to say this, but for about two to three hours of work, I think he made probably about $400 an hour. Oh, I mean... Yeah, the and, the salaries are, are unbelievable. When I was doing, sorry, Tony, I did exactly what I was tr not wanting to do. So I cut you off. My bad. 
No, you're fine. Um, so I did this, um, the vocational trade internship last summer where we went down to, um, like you said, a different county. We went to all these different trade and, you know, the, um, a bunch of the construction companies and they kind of showed us how they are trained on the equipment and then also in development. And then we went to, um, all the different types of certification and training you can get in electronics and, you know, being an electrician and then, um, just like with computers and it's just amazing all this, the careers that are out there and like every field is, they cannot find people fast enough. They like you are getting trained and paid a lot of the times at the same time because they need people, these vocational, um, skilled, trained, and and they're making really good salary. And it's job security, right? Because people keep building. Development is not slowing down. People need plumbers. That's not ending, right? You know, the big infrastructure bill, like infrastructure is a huge, it was a topic on the state of the union, right? Like they need to keep rebuilding the roads and the bridges. So they need lots of trained, you know, that's not going away. I mean, it's, right. And, and, and it, you have the sweat equity scholarships through mm-hmm. Mike Rose organization. You have a lot of them. Yeah. The interesting thing is I was given a job listing just the other day and we read it out to the students and we told them that once they graduated, that this one company paid between 25 and $35 an hour. They just needed to be 18. They needed to have a driver's license. And do you know how many students are now motivated to graduate early in our program? They are just, right? they're seriously, they're, I mean, because they're tired of working for sub $15 an hour. Yeah. Right. And they right. want to be making something good. And it's something that they really could get, sink their teeth into, at least for now. It may not be a lifetime career, but it's something where they can get experience and they can like start building a little bit of a nest egg and while they try to figure out what it is that they really want to do. And they're, and they're remaining employed, right? Like they, they're mm-hmm. staying employed at a longer mm-hmm. rate. That was another uh, statistic was that as of um, February of 2019, the unemployment rate of recent college graduates in the U.S. by major was as high as like 7.9%. And then the underemployment rate was as high as 73% based on their major. Like, can you, I mean, just, so college does not equate to guaranteed employment. No. And that tends to be more, right. Plus, plus that tends to be more for liberal arts Mm -hmm. degrees. Right. And liberal arts are losing they're, they're losing traction. People mm-hmm. are not registering. They're not taking those classes. They're taking the ones <laughs> that they have to take yeah. as part and, of their degree. And but the those older are no longer are, the majors. Well, the older you are, the longer you stay at your job, too. Dan is That's also that. true. That's dumb yes. boomers. I'm oh, yeah. a late boomer. I'm like barely a boomer. But yeah, dumb, you stay at the boomers. job like eight some years. <laughs> and gen, gen Zs are like after two and a half years are going, I'm out of here, man. They're looking for better, right. better climates, you know. They're yeah. not messing around yeah, like that. Like right. Tony was saying, they're looking for that better, that better, um, that better opportunity real quick, real quick. And they're trying after two and a half years, they're going up, oh, I'm moving on, you know, I'm going up right. the ladder. And here's another thing. My son went to a private school and got a liberal arts degree, uh, anthropology, God bless him, um, and got out of college, went to Seattle. I think I told this story, kicked around, met a kind of a, 
a very intelligent gentleman who learned how to cold distill, um, sort of organically distill something. And they went into business and they're very successful. So he didn't even really apply his anthropology degree <laughs> per se. He has a college yeah. degree, but he went into well, business and that's where his success came from. Right. So, but you know, that's it sometimes happening. college is about connections too. Yeah. And that happened. And, I mean, oh, for and sure. just, yeah. yeah. You know, my mom used to say, I, I said, okay, I'm going to go to college. So that means that I'm definitely going to have a job in what I study. Right. And she said, no. Oh, she said, day. look, she said, here's the thing. If you get your, if you make it through elementary school, you kind of sort of have a tiny little ticket that nobody really wants to look at. If you make it through high school, yeah, you got a ticket. I mean, if you're smart and if you're, if, if you're pushy, and if you really, really get yourself going and convince people and do a good job, no matter where you are, yeah, you have doors that open for you. Right. But it's going to be a heck of a lot harder to be a successful that way than it would be for you to say, if you got an associate's degree, a two-year degree at the community college. Mm -hmm. She said, all these things provide you a ticket, but nothing guarantees you a job. Right. So maybe, and so (laughs) what the way that students are starting to look at college now, they're going after tech, they're going after engineering, they're going after cybersecurity, they're looking at vocational, they're Mm -hmm. looking at all these things that are actually, that, that are actually employing Mm -hmm. because how many philosophy majors um, can you fit into, oh. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, no, I'm just, I, I don't. I was waiting for the punchline. Uh, <laughs> there I isn't mean, one. You put in a book. <laughs> there isn't one. I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out yeah. what I'm trying to say. It's been a very like, long day. Yeah. What is the old joke about, <laughs> um, no, what, what do English majors say? Like, you want fries with that? <laughs> yeah. That? Yeah. Right, right, right. That is a and very so, old joke. I apologize to all the but English. But those are the ones that are underemployed. It takes them. <laughs> it takes a liberal arts major up to five years to find gainful employment. Mm-hmm. After they graduate, or like more after after they've graduated. Oh, okay, and the average amount of debt, the average amount of debt is twenty seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven dollars. That's lucky. <laughs> That's no. That's the average amount of debt oh, that people incur is, going to yeah, school. Seems light. <laughs> so it sounds like we saw the same stats. Did you see the total amount, the total value of student loan debt for like across the U.S. just even two uh, years ago? One point six trillion with a D oh. trillion dollars in student loan debt. I know. Look at us. Yo, we're on the same stat. Yeah. Oh so God. I think I'm really pleased that more and more of our students are viewing community college and trades as not necessarily like a second choice, but as a smart parallel choice. Does it make sense? Like it's a, um, I don't want to say alternative because it's just, you're giving them options yeah. as far as what they might be able to do. Right. So okay. let's say that I'm going to go in and, okay, so Philip, you're my son. You're really into cars. I'm going to say, why don't you look at auto body? Why don't you look at some of the automotive stuff? 
and get yourself on your feet. And maybe you could do that for a little bit. And then when you're finished with that, then you could, you know, maybe afford to go to college and find another kind of degree. Maybe there's something else that you want to do. And because I believe that you don't really know what your purpose is. And I'm going to emphasize the word purpose because yeah, I, like I don't believe that in school that we define purpose for our students. No. And no. purpose, a, a student who goes to college and is successful tends to have a purpose. They know why they're there. They know what they want to study. And then some of them realize, oh my gosh, no, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am I'm in the 15th circle of hell here. And <laughs> I need to get and I need to get out as soon as I can. And so then they have to have some kind of reckoning where they figure out what they're going to do. However, they've already had a ton of they may already have a ton of college experience and the classes behind them. And so they have that going for them. And they may have a better idea of what it is that they do want to do, because when you're in college, you do look at um, in your what do you call that? The electives or the, the requirements like your prerequisites. That you need to take your prereqs. Yeah, your prereqs. You need to, I mean, it exposes you to a number of different things and you're exposed to a lot of other people as well. And so you find out more because you're curious and you're asking questions. Yeah. So, but we don't teach purpose. We don't teach purpose in middle school. We don't teach purpose in high school. And in elementary school, maybe there might be some element of what is your purpose, but hey, I mean, kids are still trying to figure the reason out, we can't right? teach purpose is because purpose is something that the individual has to define. And we teach the basic skills. High school teaches generally to the average human and in the intelligence level up to that 18 years old. We teach the basic skills you need by which to sort of integrate them all into creating something with your own purpose. Some people are much more intelligent and can actually start creating at an earlier age. And some people at an, a later age. It just seems to be the way we develop as humans. Some people fail and fail and fail. And then later they go, hey, I didn't like what path I was on, change paths and become wildly successful at what they do. It's a, it's a lifelong path. Generally speaking, we can't teach purpose generally, because we can't collaborate with the student on an advanced level. I mean, the, like, the purpose comes together when we create something that's really new. And I had heard something about 70% of the jobs that are going to exist in 30 years, we don't even know what they are yet. And so yeah. I kind of right. reverse that back to that's up to all our purposes. And so when I hear a kid... But in high school say, I want to start a recording studio. I say, really? That's his purpose. Now, that's his his no. target. But along the way, the goals are to build in the business sense, the savvy, work hard, build the clientele, build the, the musicians in his label, build a network of people listening to the music of the musicians in his label, do the work it takes to build the thing he wants his purpose is to build a record label therefore 
That's a target. And that becomes his purpose. The goal is well, that's all those purpose. things he needs to learn. Part of his purpose. Way. Yeah. Well, that's his goal. Mm-hmm. His the goal, no. I, I change it. I say his target because we say his goal. His goal, once he gets there, he doesn't stop running. He runs right through it and creates another target. The goals are the things we learn right. along the way on the target. I need to learn how to do this. I need this getting. I need to get these musicians taken care of. I need to get this concert schedule set. I need to get these acts signed well, to get this target of okay. a record company built. That's the target. See what I'm saying? Changing the changing it so you don't run to a place. You run through the place and onward. Life is a journey that does not end. There is no. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. However, however. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you on your on your terms. I'm oh. going to say that his purpose is to learn the music business, and yeah, that would be the his purpose. end goal. Right, you're right to learn yeah. the music business because yeah. I want to be in the music business and I want to produce music. It's not necessarily to own a studio, but if that happens, then yeah, that can that can right. be something that yeah. happens. He's along creating the way. music. He's got to learn to. Yeah. Right. He's got to learn all the finance. He's got to learn all the logistics. He's got to learn all the physics of the music and, and how the soundboard works. He's got yeah. so many different aspects that he has to do. He's got to work hard. So, yeah. And his goal is to be successful in the music right. business. Now, yeah. where he finds himself, I have students who say, yeah. I want to do sports. And it's like, okay, what do you want to do in sports? Do you want to do sports marketing? Do you want to do right. sports training? You want to do sports medicine and and just going through tons of different kinds of careers that are in there. And that's where it piques their interest. So and then their purpose then becomes what is it that I want to do following my passion, which is in this field. Right. Now, maybe they're going to learn all kinds of things and they're going to end up, let's say, on Madison Avenue or something. And sports becomes sort of a side hustle for them or something, (laughs) you know, their hobby. And um, but still, they have a purpose and they learn something while following that purpose. So giving students an idea or a goal, a target for them to hit, which would be what is your passion and what are some of the jobs that you might be able to Mm -hmm. find? That surround that. Right. I have that conversation. So if I love cars, right. My, one of my brothers, he loved cars. He loved cars and he was, I'm just going to say he, he was not good at academics. (laughs) And my parent, my mother finally said, you know what? Uh, join the military, get your act together. And he came home one day and he said, guess what? And she said, what? He said, I joined the military. I'm in the Navy. And she said, no. So um, off he went for his four-year stint in the Gulf of Tonkin and in Vietnam. And then he came home and he went to school and he used uh, some of the training that the things that put him in line and the discipline he had and that, and all of a sudden he just sort of took off. And he used his people skills and he became um, a Ford Motor Company executive. So he was doing cars. He was doing all these things. And later on, he became uh, a partner with some of the most successful car dealerships in, in the Portland, Seattle areas. And that's what he did. 
and he really loved his work. And it was exactly where he wanted to be. And he wasn't a mechanic. He just loved cars. Right. That's success. So, right. He was also a DJ. He did all kinds of stuff on his way up. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were never they were never his goal. They were things that he really enjoyed. And had they worked out, he probably would have taken them because he was more of a marketing person, a salesman. A salesman. But the nice thing about kind of circling back right to our topic is that for a lot of students who have kind of like an idea, either a passion or a goal or a mm-hmm. purpose, but they don't quite mm-hmm. know either how to get gainful employment in that area. Like I right. know I love to take things apart, but I'm not quite sure what I want to do. Or like, you know, the big one, I love sports. Well, we got to narrow that down. Or I mm-hmm. love, um, you know, trucks or whatever. Right. And so community college is such a wonderful opportunity that you can explore. And when you're not locked into a full program, right, you can change and you don't have to be like, well, now you've just blown mm-hmm. tens of thousands of dollars. Cause, and you know, there are definitely bonuses to college. Like my child's going to college, he's thriving. It's in a field that he's now um, interested in. And so it's working well for him, uh, which is nice. Um, but like where, like you were saying, Philip, these fields that are being developed, like as we speak, you, you know, I just don't even know what they are. And when I was touring right. some of the community colleges, there was the one I was telling Tony about. It was called, it was like, I'm going to smear the name, me- Mechatronics. So it was like mechan- machinery and robotics. So it's all the stuff like you had to figure out the programming and all the robotics that kind of go in it. And it's just everywhere, like frozen yogurt machines. You have to know how to work the whole machine parts of it. And it's also run with all the the computer and the electronics. And like it's every part of our life. Um, and so that's just such a neat way to, you know, explore and get all this training. And a lot of them partner with, like you were saying, Tony, with these connections. So a lot of them partner with these huge corporations, like one of the other community colleges partners with Boeing. And so they learn how to do like, someone's got to test the metal and the bolts for, you know, the, for the airplanes, right. And for the helicopters, mm-hmm. you certainly want to make sure that happens. My, my kitty. Um, right. And so that is such a great field that you can get that hands-on training and they've got connections to corporations that get you employment that necessarily is not guaranteed with a college degree. No, it's not. And it's changing. Don't you think it can change faster and adapt to the current job requirements at a community college faster, I feel, than at a Do you know, do you know that that right now there are some programs at some colleges and community colleges that are ramping up the speed through which you can actually get what you need from the program? And they're not holding you to the semester or the quarter. Really? Yeah. No. That's a that's a change. That makes it sense. It is. It is. I wasn't able to completely explore it, but they um there is an article and I'll put it into the show notes. And a handful of colleges are finally providing training in a way consumers want it fast and it's called rapid reskilling. Rapid so, reskilling. I like that. Yeah. So if you're able to, if you're able to learn and to move through skills at a certain pace, then you move on to the next one. So it's based more, my, my understanding is that it's based more on competency. Like proficiency base. 
Exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The thing that schools have trashed. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So they found that people are more willing to participate in those programs. But here's the interesting thing, too. Did you know that over 60% of people with manufacturing degrees or manufacturing certifications? I'm trying to find that right here, that they are not even using those. They chose a different field. Wait, the ones who... who... People who achieved manufacturing certifications okay. to work in manufacturing yeah. are not even using that. They've gone into other fields. Isn't that interesting? That is. Oh, I mean, that's kind of... Like I, became, I was an EMT. I was a paramedic and I became a nationally certified paramedic, but I learned as I became a, you know, a, a per, a, just a paramedic and not a firefighter that there was no chance for advancement in the private ambulance business. Oh, so once yeah. I was a paramedic, if I wanted to continue to do the work as a paramedic, there was no place higher to go. I had to become like a supervisor of paramedics and therefore no longer on a car in the field. And when I went to go to get college credit and see if I could get college credit to become an emergency department nurse, they couldn't offer me a single credit for five years in the field. And I worked at oh, the Oh, so your experience did not count. Oregon. Yeah, I got nothing, not a, not a piece of credit, not no reciprocity, nothing. So it because was dead end. It doesn't fit into their business model. It, it has to do with a business model. My... My niece transferred to from a school on the East Coast where she had a full ride to one in Portland and um, or in Oregon. And there were certain credits that they refused to accept. And it was because they didn't have those credits at their school. And so she had to completely change her major. She had she figured out an interdisciplinary one, but it wasn't quite the same thing. And then she also went away for a semester at sea and they refused to take a lot of those credits as well. And we're talking at that time, it was about $20,000 a semester. Really? And so when you're talking a about semester? a school, not ex- Yeah. So when you're, it was more than that. And this was many years ago. And when you're talking about um, an education and if a student has credits and they've earned these credits and they're recognized by other universities why can't they transfer into your university Mm -hmm. because and what they said was well no because we need you to take those classes here so it seems to me that the universities are a big business and they make huge money i mean take a look at the sat take a look at the act they make i i don't even know how much money they make they are huge business that would be yeah you know i it's billions they make billions and people still 100 plus bucks a test and how many kids are taking them every year yeah because if you want to get into a university that's what you need but if you go to community college, you do not need to take those. They just go it. off of your record. And mm-hmm. community colleges don't even care about your GPA. Nope, they don't. 
And I tell kids that too. I tell them that if you go to community college and you get a four point and someone asks you, what's your GPA? And you say, it's a four point. They will not follow up with what'd you get in high school? Never, ever will they do that. (laughs) Right. Right. Now you've given me impetus to ask that question. Yeah, what was your what was your GPA? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be awful. Um, but you know the community, it, and it works for the families too that that need. To, there's a lot of families that need to work, right? Like they can't afford to do full time education for another four years, which is a lot of times what college and universities require. But at community college you've got more flexibility, which is great. You do. You can, you can still work or if you do your internship or if you're working the day, they've got the evening courses. So there's, mm-hmm. which is appealing to a lot of people that you can make it, it's a bit more flexible. It seriously is. And, you know, the program that I run, we do do the internships and a lot of times those internships pay off for the students. So mm-hmm. right now we have a car dealership that came out and and asked to meet with some students and they are going to provide a training program for our students so Ooh. that they can come in full time and start working with them. And they will pay them. It's a paid it's a paid job i mean it was wonderful so any kid that wants to work on cars because dealerships are dying they need to have people working in the shops they don't have enough mechanics they don't have enough people right there Mm -hmm. so my car broke down not because it was a bad car it's because i had somebody um i had new tires put on and i had to deal with my tire guy and he put tires that were he thought they were fine to put on they were much bigger than i've ever had on my car before but he said they were fine and it tripped out my tire sensor so (laughs) what happened was all my system shut down yeah and i could drive it but it you know i didn't have anything um with your lead foot right you're burning the tires (laughs) i drive like an elderly grandmother going to church no, do not. <laughs> nope. Disagree. But you're right. Like automotive technology is huge, right? Because cars are becoming more complicated and they are. And so what ended up happening was my tire guy had to take my car back in after it was diagnosed, but it took a week for me to get my car diagnosed because they did not have the manpower wow. to be able to get that part done. And then when I got it to my tire guy, it was like flippity flop because he took care of everything in one day and um, replaced the part, blah, 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 and I was back on the road. So he has mechanics, the dealership, because he's a smaller business, the dealerships have to work on how many cars every day and then to have to diagnose somebody else's car, it's sort of like the oil changes is that's kind of their bread and butter to get uh-huh. everything through. Right. So they have to do that. And then all the other mechanical rigmarole that they do is um, that's extra. So it takes them a bit longer to get to that point. But, um, but you know, they need to have those. So I think that if, if businesses started working and creating internships or creating more possibilities, 
for students to jump on board and students could come in. Mm -hmm. And if colleges, community colleges, whoever would grant some kind of credit for a lot of that, that practical, the practicum, and just right. call it a practicum for right. whatever it is that they're doing, that if it's in a given field, then that, the would, work be, experience. Mm -hmm. that would serve so much. The only question mm -hmm. is, are they going to charge them for that as well? Yeah, that's another and is thing that going too. To be, yeah, they didn't, we used to offer job, uh, job experience for having a job. Um, I'd offer PE, you know, if I had a dancer in my class or somebody who's doing club soccer, you know, th these are very, very intense endeavors. And so I'd, I'd give them PE credit and, you know, that's not offered in many schools. It's as if, you know, no, you have to go and do that credit. You got to do it this way. Otherwise we won't grant it. And the students doing a very, very concerted effort on another way in two hours a day, like skaters, they wake up at Oh, dark 30 hockey players and skaters. They skate for two and a half hours mm -hmm. before even showing up for school. And then they got to go to PE for 45 minutes. Come on. That's silly. Give them the credit. <laughs> They're 10 times the athlete that most of those kids are. It's their thing. So, you know, that's another thing about going to college and giving them the credit. They don't give them the credit for that either. So they should do that as well. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think that we need to start taking things into account. Experience counts more than certainly. What would the word be for just just having it's basic instruction? That's... They're getting in the health class, yeah. whereas they're they're studying their heart rate. Yeah, you know, well, you know, of course. Yeah, you know, the other all mm -hmm. their biomechanics and everything to an yeah. extent that's just yeah, yeah, silly. Yeah. You know, compared to the health class they have to take in their sophomore year. And see, what I think would be really kind of incredible is if there was like a summer seminar that would fit in for an elective, for a career-related learning kind of thing, where the students could go and they could do the um, sort of the experience that Christy had last summer, where Damn she's gosh. down there in the field and they're talking to them and they're explaining it to them and for kids to say, hey, what would it take for me to get a job here? Can I get a job here? The only mm -hmm. problem is, is that they aren't local. So we also need to take a look at transportation. Yeah. Because not true. every kid has transportation. In fact, mm -hmm. transportation can be one of, I never thought about this, but it makes perfect sense. Transportation can be a huge barrier to students continuing their education. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yes. That's because if true. you don't have... Okay, for me, I have to walk at least a mile in order to catch a bus. Yeah, and does the time of the bus, does the public transportation schedule align with the... Everything else? No. Right. right. <laughs> if you think about how many buses some people have to take in order to get to any place. Right. And maybe it's not that easy for them to catch that bus. Right. Like, how far are they walking to get to the bus stop mm -hmm. and having the time align with the classes and then i mean right yeah that is a definite hindrance for many for many people many families mm -hmm. and and so if we're talking about helping people pull themselves out of poverty and pulling people out of poverty 
that's another that's another aspect of something that needs to be taken a look at. Yeah, that's another show altogether. Even if you do right. want to go to college, is it even possible? Yeah, right. Because I mean, do you have do you have the infrastructure yourself in order to get there? Yeah. Like, can you fly? Do you have the ability to like have really comfortable walking shoes that you right. or are you a good runner? Or you know, think, how are you gonna get there? If you're a single parent, the, give it up. Yeah. I yeah, I was gonna say I think one of the you know, I don't know if silver lining is the best phrase, but you know, the pandemic and the shutdown, one of the things is the ability to access education virtually that I think a lot of colleges are recognizing that that is useful for some people. Just like you said, if I can access the information, you know, if I can watch the instructor and learn how to do it on a Monday, and then I only have to come into my school and do the hands-on lab work one day, you know, that kind of stuff. So you're talking about um, flipped learning at the college level. Yeah, I think that um, they are recognizing the value mm -hmm. for some areas of education to continue to have access to online instruction. But um, not everybody has access to the internet. Right. But if they're, mm -hmm. you know, I think embracing again, kind of going back to some of our previous episodes about different ways to access your education. And as, as opposed to you will show up at your 8am class and you will, you know, right. it's on Monday, right. And it's then or nothing. And so I think that, I think both institutions, community colleges and universities are embracing that a bit more. How can we get more people to participate in right. getting you know, additional education towards a degree, which is kind of nice. I right. like that little piece. Because I think equity is really important, especially at that level. Mm -hmm. But it needs to be happening all the way through from pre-K all the way up through university. Right. Because they're not going to be able to have the, any of the noted skills that they're the prerequisites in mm -hmm. order for them to achieve anything at the university level. Now, Okay, so if students are dropping out because they don't feel academically prepared, that's a little bit different than a purpose. Oh, but, yeah, definitely. But do you think that that might also be that they thought... I don't know what that means. Who's I really don't know what that means, that they're not academically prepared. Do you think it means that they don't have the m maturity level? Like they can't handle take, the workload kind of thing? Yeah. Or just yeah, like... That, that, okay, so when I first went to university, I was having a wonderful time. We were running around playing Frisbee and going running in the middle of the night. Wake up after two hours of sleep. I'd run into my environmental studies class. Right. And I would somehow or other slog through that. And then, you know, <laughs> my day would just seem so long. I'd fall asleep and then I'd wake up and we'd go running again through the campus. Um. So my study <laughs> skills were not very good, and it took me a while to acquire those. Exactly. So uh, it sounds like a, sounds and, like somebody's excuse to become a dirt bag in Yosemite. Yeah, I wasn't academically prepared <laughs> for university, <laughs> so I had to go climb on El Cap for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I have to go backpack. Um, well, yeah, I mean, seeing it through my son's eyes and granted he was in this weird time frame right where he is graduating he had a year you know the virtual year just kind of shifted right. everybody's 
study skills habit. Um, but you're right. Like his first day of college and they were like, okay, so everyone's read the 50 pages and we have a quiz on, you know, a test on Friday. He's like, uh, sorry, what the, what? Like, Hey, where are the icebreakers? You know, they just weren't ready for like <laughs> you hit the ground running and you yeah. have massive amounts of work. He, he was just like, this is so they were, they were not ready for that. So that part I think is absolutely true. And it's probably going to be a while until we can kind of right the ship from the amount of students who, you know, I just had to hang out in my pajamas and I didn't have to turn on my camera and I only had to type in the chat a little bit and I just turned in something and yay, I got credit. Right. And I think it's going to take a while for kids to get that work ethic back. It's going to well, be a whole I don't know about you, Tony, but I'm seeing it in my classes. You have to read the stuff or at least most of the stuff that was assigned. <laughs> but you know, there was also there's there's also he's the figure anxiety. out what he does and he doesn't have to read, right? He's got to <laughs> he skims most it. of the good stuff. <laughs> good. But there's also the anxiety that some of the students bring into that because yeah. one, it's they're no longer being coddled, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah, and there's and there's been and many students have been so bloody coddled mm-hmm. all the way uh. through high school. I mean, they can do no wrong, blah blah blah. Um, and you have the anxiety of, you know, the, the new faces being on your own. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you do? It's it's hard for everybody, right? And so, especially if you're coming from, like you said, I've been, I've been really supported, soft, pillowy support the entire mm-hmm. time of all my 12 years. And all of a sudden you're like, professor's like, okay, you didn't come to class, whatevs. And no, you're not getting an extension. And yes, everything is due tomorrow. And, you know, it's just a huge, and they're not going to chase you down if you didn't turn the paper in. And oh, you lost power? Too bad, right? You're still the work's due. That was hypothetically one of my experiences. Like, we lost power. How can I turn my paper in? She's like, figure it out. I'm like, oh, this is, what? You know. Oh, I thought you were giving us a... I thought you were giving us a blow by blow of your discussions with your son. No, this was mine in graduate school where we had (laughs) the, you know, it was one of those, you know, the windstorm of the century kind of thing. And like power was knocked out and we had a massive, Mm -hmm. we had a huge term paper due. And I was like, so, you know, we're getting an extension, right? Because, you know, we didn't have power. She's like, there's, is the whole world out of power? She's like, can you get some, you know, she just did not care. You have something due, you have to figure it out kind of thing. And I kind of, I share that story with my students. Taxes are due on the 15th. You have to either, you have to do something on that date. You can't just be like, meh, right? Or do it before and get it done. Get it done ahead of time, right? Don't wait till the last second. You need to get everything organized ahead. And, you know, they, that's just the light. You have to show up for your shift at your job. Mm -hmm. You have to make your car payment, (laughs) like that kind of stuff, right? Like you have to make your mortgage payment. Yeah. Right. And if you don't meet these deadlines, which I think a lot of time in high school, going back to that, the kids don't feel prepared. Right. We are doing everything we can to get a lot of our students across the finish line. And then we're like, boosh, we shove them out to like, you know, college (laughs) of some level. And then the professors are like, figure it out. And it's kind of a big wake up call. I think for a lot of teachers, it may feel like karma. For the for the students, yeah, yeah, exactly. Surprise. 
<laughs> we got you. I always took comfort in the fact Jimmy Buffett's quote, we are the people our parents warned us about. <laughs> yeah. Here's, I'm going to wrap up. So we'll go over college isn't for everybody, especially right. university. Because students mm -hmm. should have a purpose when they go. Because And they should have some kind of financial stability. 60% of dropouts did not receive any parental support for their, for, um, their university. Mm -hmm. So you, we want to make sure that they are prepared financially, that they have the infrastructure, that they have a purpose, and that they know why they're going. If they don't, then community college is a wonderful way to do it. It's also a wonderful way for vocational training and for them to test the waters to see what they want to do or if they want to do it. Um, it gives them all kinds of ideas. We know that liberal arts degrees are going down. Actually, college enrollment is going down. Yeah. Year over year. And uh, as a whole, that was one mm -hmm. of the stats on our shared thing. Like it's, yes. um, what was it? Two, I said, where is it? 2.5% is the decline in just undergraduate student enrollment. Mm -hmm. In one year. Yeah. Makes sense. In one year. And I was looking at the, and it's gone down. I can't remember what it was. Was it 2.8 or 8.1%? I can't remember. Um, I have it somewhere, but it, yeah. it was a big shocking kind of statistic for yeah. fall of 2021 mm -hmm. as well. It went down even further. College has become such a big business and that's what it is. And um, they're charging so much money. Yeah. And they're luring people in, telling them that they that they will have not only the time of their lives, but they will leave and they will be enriched in their wallets with oh. good jobs and et cetera, et cetera. And we're having all these people who say, wait a second, but you got to work for the job. You got to work and figure out what it is that you're going to do. Right. Nothing just comes, you know, it's not, it's not a Christmas gift or a birthday present. It's something that you have to work for. Well, in light of the, the thing about is. vocational training, too, if you think about all the career changes you have in a lifetime, you don't necessarily yeah. have to start with a college degree. No, you don't. And, you know, the thing is, is that the job that you accept or maybe the position that you're looking at taking is not necessarily going to be the same position that you're going to have a few years down the line right. because you may be able to take those skills and you may blossom and realize that you're pretty good at some other stuff. And then you're going to take a look and you're going to want to figure out how to flush that out and then move on. Mm -hmm. And maybe your company, if it's a good company, they will help you with that and they will encourage you and they will utilize that in order to, make their company more what more fluid and a better company right and because they want to retain their employees they don't want to have to keep training new people so right. if there's a way that they can retain you and have and gain more skill that's just a benefit to the company and i think the big message too is that i don't want the our overall message to be like you have to do one or the other i also think you don't. community college is a great stepping stone right you get though you figure out like what philip was saying figure out what mm -hmm. your purpose is i'm gonna get all my prereqs in at community college for a lot less money and then when i like i know i'm going to be in you know the medical field or i'm going to be in business and then you mm -hmm. can transfer that to 
right. college, right? And so you kind of have done you've kind of done the best of both avenues, which is kind yeah. of nice. I mean, that's another really great opportunity for a lot of students, which I think more and more are taking advantage of. They get the definitely the the stuff that you can take at almost any college, right? Like your basic stuff. And by the time you're really focused on your major, you can kind of hone in on like, this college is the one for me. And you're hopefully you're, hopefully your stuff transfers, right? Fingers right. crossed. And Great then point. you, and then, well, they should, if there's, if, if you're going to a community college, they should, should. transfer to a state yeah. university. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be an issue, but um, yeah. to be prepared is to be forearmed. And just know what it is that you're going to do and don't go in there with your eyes closed. But I think we need to be teaching these things to the students. And so the big question is then, how are we going to do that? And so I'm going to leave it up to people to kind of jostle that around in their brain. Yeah. And I'm sure that we'll, we'll visit this again. And also, I'm going to plug next week's episode, which is an interview with the incredible Marcus LeBrand, who is a is on a school board who started a father's group for parental involvement and has a lot of other great models for people. So uh, stay tuned with us then. So, Looking forward to it. Yes. Okay. So I will say bye and... Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Christy. Aloha. Thank you.